Welcome to the 95th episode of the No Degree Podcast. Did you know that many vacancies are filled as a result of networking? Some estimates show that up to 85% of jobs are filled this way. While job seekers focus their efforts on job boards, many job opportunities are missed simply because many vacancies aren't even advertised. Interestingly, many are convinced that one major reason to go to college is for the network it provides and how it will benefit your career. I think that's a pretty expensive price to pay for something you can get for free. All it takes is some time and effort. In this episode, Adam Marks and I talk about networking for career or business success and how you can build your own network without paying overpriced college tuition. Visit nodegree.com to start your journey. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Every sub is appreciated. This show wouldn't be possible without you. Let's get this show started. Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today's guest is Adam Marks. And before I let him introduce himself, subscribe, like, share this episode, do whatever you can to get the word out. I really appreciate it. And now, Adam, do you mind giving a brief introduction of yourself? <laughs> uh, yeah, not a problem. I'm happy to be here. Um, so people who know me best know me from Twitter as the guy with the orange sunglasses, the zero to one networker. Uh, basically, what I do is I help people build staggering networks out of nothing. And oftentimes, those uh, skills are things like learning patience, empathy, value creation, things that anybody could learn how to do and how to level up, regardless of where you went to school, what you studied, if you went to school. And my, my strategies are geared towards people being people as opposed to what's on a piece of paper. I love it because that's what networking is. A lot of people think of this networking as BS and that it doesn't work. And they just think of like, hey, I'm just going to go. I'm going to try to get something for myself. I'm not going to try to add any value. And that is BS. And so I got to let the, I got to warn the audience. So Adam does have a college degree. But he knows so much about networking that I thought this would be an amazing episode. He has a heart of gold. So what do you usually start telling someone about networking? Oh, boy. Um, lately, the one of the great on-ramps that I, I love to use for a conversation regarding networking, particularly for um, either people who are just starting to build their networks or people who are switching industries is that there's no one right way to do it, but there's a whole lot of wrong ways to do it that are objective. And it's really easy to see the wrong ways. So the wrong ways are going at networking as if it's sales. I see it all the time. Sales and marketing, critical for your company, objectively speaking, no argument. But sales is fundamentally different than networking. Sales is about a sale. I mean, it's in the name. The best networking is non-transactional. The point of any conversation is to get to the next conversation. And I teach those kinds of strategies. I'm really less concerned with what's the follower count because follower count can be deceptive. It's about the caliber of those followers. And is this person or organization going to pick up my phone call? answer my email, keep the dialogue going, because that's 
what building a network is about. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it because I see so many approach networking like it's sales. And it's so easy to see the transaction. It's so easy that they only contact you for a certain reason, that they only think about this as the benefit that they can get from themselves. And you can, once you network enough, you can just smell that. It's just right then and there. When I say non-transactional networking, oftentimes it is perceived as me saying, don't do business. But that's not what I'm saying. Do business. Business is good. But recognize that the best business opportunities often come from a non-transactional dialogue, often come from building a relationship with people, building a rapport, and that person turning around at some point and saying, hey, you know, I have something. We should work on something together. Because that, that's where the really magical stuff happens. And it often happens when you're not looking. Um, you know, and I, I think that with regard to the, the sales topic, especially some of the most successful people who I know in sales, B2B sales, B2C sales on LinkedIn, on Twitter, uh, they are very articulate and very vocal about saying, look, I'm all about sales, but I don't use my sales strategies when I'm building my network. I use my sales strategies when I'm selling. I use networking strategies and people strategies when I'm building conversations and they're fundamentally different skill sets. So what are the networking strategies? One of my favorite things to do is to use humor. And I I think that sometimes humor is perceived as being not professional, right? But and this is true. I have built a stupid criminal network on the back of Boy Meets World gifts, Family Guy clips, Friends clips. Humor creates an opportunity for barriers to come down and for people to say, oh, you like that TV show? I like that TV show. Oh, you like Metallica? I like Metallica. Have you seen this clip? And, and that builds networks just, just like wildfire. And the same is true for things like humility and empathy. Oftentimes, I think humility, being humble, is kind of perceived as business weakness, whatever. That's, in my opinion, dead wrong. The most connected people oftentimes don't have to flex. They're often not the people name-dropping because they don't have to flex. They know how connected they are. and. Nobody builds a company all by themselves. Even if you're a solo entrepreneur, you still have great customers, great partners, great investors, great employees. You're still not doing it all by yourself. And, and that networking mentality is recognizing that it's an expansive worldview. Yeah, I think that expansive worldview is what you got to do. You got to think about the long term. You got to think about just the future. I think so many people are just so short-sighted and I've seen it and it's just not a good strategy. It's like they try for like three days. It's like, why doesn't networking work? And it's like, no, it's one of those things that <laughs> you get more value out of it the longer you do it. Well, the funny thing is, and, and I'll use a gardening metaphor here, even though I don't garden, but the funny thing is for some reason people live at extremes and I don't totally understand why, but it is the way people are. So if we're talking about building a network, building a relationship with somebody, oh, I want to get in front of this person or this organization, then it becomes, 
<sighs> they're not responding to my email. Okay, I'll send another. Okay, I'll send another. Have you seen my email? Have you seen? And it's like overwatering a plant. You're going to kill it. You're going to drown it because you've overwatered it. There's a million good reasons why that person hasn't gotten back to you yet. You got to go get the car fixed. They have their own business. Somebody in the family may be sick. I mean, there's a, a million good reasons. And then what happens is then they say, well, this isn't worth it. It's not working. So they run to the other end of the spectrum and it's like, well, I'm not going to water the plant at all because why? It's not working. So you go from overwatering to not watering and two wonderful ways to kill that plant. Whereas if you sat in the middle and you were patient and you recognized, hey, I can open a dialogue here and then I have to be patient. Oftentimes that moderation works. Not a hundred percent of the time, but my experience tells me a vast majority of the time. That's how you get in front of people who you want to talk to. What are some networking tips you have for beginners? One of my favorite networking tips is if people find a platform or a community that you feel comfortable. Doesn't have to be Twitter, doesn't have to be LinkedIn, doesn't have to be TikTok. It could be a, a community where you feel comfortable and create value. And part of creating value is recognize that the content you create, whether that's creating original content or leaving comments or leaving some sort of feedback, um, 80% of it or more shouldn't be about you or what you sell. 80 to 85% of everything I post across whatever platform I'm on isn't about me. It's about a company I think is a, a startup company I think is doing great, a founder who I think is just a great person. A, a mission that I believe in, like diversity or mental health or inclusion, these are things that I fundamentally couldn't solve all by myself if I tried. But that's become part of my personal brand. And that builds networks because it allows other people to say, hey, I'm about that too. And that creates bridges for dialogue. Yeah, I've seen that. You know, I was actually network. I guess I was trying to get someone on my podcast on Twitter and we had something and they told me to follow back up. And then, you know, I should have seen some red flags that everything was about themselves. They only retweeted people who posted things about themselves. It was never highlighting anyone else. It was all about them, 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 anything that made them money. And then I saw that, you know, they they felt that I probably didn't make them money in the short term. And, you know, that's it. They didn't use me. And so that type of transactional mentality is short-sighted. It's ultimately not something that draws people to you because the mentality is, well, I want to talk, sometimes I want to talk to people just to talk to them. And, and I think that the, it kind of runs into that. We've all heard this kind of business gospel of always have an ask, right? Always have an ask. Um, that's something that sounds really good in a tweet, but it's not really great in, in practice because always have an ask makes everything very transactional. But, and I, and I understand the, 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 the mindset behind that is have a reason for wanting to talk to this person or this team or this organization. But that reason doesn't necessarily need to mean, Hey, I have a business pitch for you. Oftentimes that shouldn't be the very first reason unless you have some sort of prior interaction or dialogue. Great reasons that I think about wanting to talk to certain people or organizations are, I like this person's example. I want to learn from them. 
I want to emulate what they're doing. Um, I think that I could create some value for their project or their brand, or I just simply like their personality and what they're about. And they're just somebody I would love to have in my universe. That is a perfectly valid reason to want to talk to somebody, but it changes the nature of the conversation and you have got to be more patient. I am not patient by nature. I'm patient by necessity because that's how you get in front of people in a way where they remember you. And in networking, if you think about it as how do I, how do I exist in somebody's universe? There's a huge, huge difference between, okay, I'm on the periphery of that universe, but I exist versus I don't exist, period. That is a, a huge difference. And that's this concept of zero to one, which is very, very common in tech and startups and you know things of that nature, entrepreneurship and so forth. What are some other beginner networking tips do you have? I think that some of my favorite tips would be, so we talked about creating value before asking for it. We talked about uh, being humble, being empathetic. I think that one of my core tips would be you've got to get involved in the conversation. And oftentimes when people hear create content, they perceive it, and I understand why, as, okay, I have to get up every day and write a LinkedIn essay. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have to do that every day. Creating content could be, I'm going to find 10 to 15 people on LinkedIn or TikTok or whatever, um, whose content I find real value in. And I am going to try to engage with those people as much as possible in a, in a way that creates value, not just for them, but for the community, the other people reading. So leave some comments, um, try to drop in other people and say, Hey, you know, Hey, Mike, I saw this thing on, on marketing. It seems right up your alley. Leave that in the comments so that Mike can go see that marketing post. And that person who wrote that post is now going to see, Hey, not only did you read it, you've brought in somebody else and recommended it. That's very easy to do without feeling like you have to get up and write a book every day. Um, and if you build that into your, your habits, just like you get up every morning, you brush your teeth, get up every morning and leave a couple of comments on LinkedIn or Twitter or TikTok or wherever. And that creates a habit that is easy to keep consistent without feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, I tell people that comments are a form of content. And people think that content you have to be posting and you have to do all these things. Yeah, and that helps. But sometimes I tell people just comment, support others. And the comments and the content, I mean, it's different based on each platform. But some of the comments and content, sometimes, you know, in my experience, I haven't seen the most traction from the what I perceive to be my biggest hard-hitting business epiphanies, earth-shaking kinds of stuff. Oftentimes, it's um, a well-placed funny gif, and this kind of goes back to humor, because especially with regard to networking, there's this perception that you always have to be buttoned up, and you always have to be like professional and like ready to shake hands and like do a deal, and but people are still people. And if you treat people as if they're multidimensional, which they are, it creates 
a variety of ways to have a conversation that doesn't have to be, hey, okay, let's talk about, you know, marketing tactics in 2022. Like that can still be a part of your dialogue, but it doesn't have to be the the bedrock of it. Yeah, I think when the bedrock of a conversation is just sort of actually getting to know someone and you just, that leads to the most magical things. I found that in networking, the more you give, the more you receive. Is that something that you've seen to be true? It's so funny that you you said that because just this morning, I tweeted. I just sometimes I'll just tweet things that come into my into my head, and like one of my goals is to become one of the people in Atlanta. So I'm in Atlanta, one of the people in in the Atlanta tech scene to know, not because of some job title or ego boost or whatever, but because the more people I know, the more people I can help. The more people I can turn around and say, you need to talk to this person just five minutes on a phone call, an email conversation, magical things will happen. And, you know, I call it, I call it the, the Pawn Stars principle. For anyone who's ever watched the TV show Pawn Stars, it's like a guilty pleasure. But the bald guy, he's always got a buddy, right? Oh, I got a buddy. I got a buddy for cars or books or, tea, you know, whatever, electronics. And, but that is what, what networking is. It's just knowing a lot of people. And you don't need to be doing business deals with them every day in order for that those relationships to be valuable. They're valuable simply because they exist. Yeah, I, I love that. That just having someone around is extremely valuable. And I think the other thing that I tell people is that if you gave everyone a thousand dollars, you'd be great at networking. You'd just be broke real quick, right? <laughs> but. That's great. I like that. But, you know, if it was like your favorite musician, if it was someone high up in your industry, if it was, you know, Warren Buffett, some high profile person, you do it, right? It may, it makes sense. So I tell people, you have to find something low cost to you, but high value to other people that you can give on a regular basis, because this is something that you can give without it impacting your life too much. And oftentimes I find that information is the easiest to give, but the right information to the right person is extremely high value. Like for me, I tell people, hey, you're, you have a job interview coming up. Go listen to the third episode of my podcast. Cost takes me a few seconds for the interaction, but I've already recorded it. I've already paid for the editing and all that stuff. High value to someone who's, who has an interview coming up. So I always tell people, find something that you, a talent that you have, something that you can give to help someone, whether you can tutor their kids, whether you know a lot about food, whether you can play an instrument and can help them on it, whether you have a lot of knowledge in a certain area, like whether you can build a PC, whether you can edit videos, there's so much that you can do. And I think people often forget just how valuable their skills are. A hundred percent. And to, to tack onto that, Something that is relatively easy or natural for you isn't necessarily the same for other people. And, and that took me a long time to learn because like, I love talking to people. It's just, it's fun for me. Does that make me 100% extroverted? Of course not. There, I, usually when I go to networking events, events, the networking, events that have networking components is a better way of saying it. Um, we'll talk about why networking events suck in a minute. Uh, when I go to events, I'm not the one in the center of attention. I'm not comfortable 
being that person. I'm usually the person I have a coffee or I have a beer hanging out, just kind of assessing the, uh, the landscape. Um, and I love talking to people, but I, I think that there's this, there's this, um, perception that you have to be a certain way in order to be good, quote, quote, good at networking. And I just enjoy doing it. But for people who, uh, for people for whom it doesn't come naturally, I didn't necessarily see the, the, the value until I turned around. I was like, wow, you know, people struggle with this. If they just did X, Y, Z, um, they, they wouldn't struggle so much with these, these portions. And, and so that's why, so I, I think, you, you know, at this point, I'm this year in, in 2022, I'm, I'm really happy to be working with the Atlanta Tech Village as an advisor on networking, community, relationship building. Um, and I actually didn't know this until we had this little orientation thing. The uh, Atlanta Tech Village is actually the fourth highest concentration of, of B2B tech startups in the country. So, you know, and, and I love working with people. Some people have gone to very elite schools. Good for them. Some people have not gone to school at all. Also good for them. I love working in an environment in tech and startups where people genuinely don't really care. I love seeing, I love seeing uh, uh, job applications that I, I see put out by by uh, colleagues of mine who run various companies that basically say, "Look, we don't we don't care where you went to college, if you went to college. I don't care what your GPA was or might have been. Show me your portfolio. Show me what you can do." Show me what kind of value you can bring to the organization and what kind of person you are. That's what I think builds phenomenal companies. And recognizing your value, you know, I, I, I don't write code. I ain't ever going to write code. I don't have any interest in doing it. I have, I just, I don't have an affinity for it. I have an appreciation for the work that goes into it, but I'm much happier to let somebody else do it and pay them for their time. And when it comes to, to networking and, and meeting people, recognizing your value and somebody else's value, that's oftentimes one of the best on-ramps because that allows you to have a conversation built around a dynamic of how can we create value for each other? And that's where magical stuff happens. It's like a relationship. Each person has to put 60% in. And then that's when magical things happen. When each person just cares about the other how the other person is going to do now you mentioned something interesting why do networking events suck and you know what <laughs> oh i was hoping we'd go back i to that. will have to agree with it when i say networking events suck i am primarily thinking about pre-covid right the events where it's kind of like a general meetup kind of event and everyone shows up it's, I don't know, maybe at a bar or at a restaurant or something like that, hotel bar or something. And everyone shows up, everyone's giving out their business card. Maybe you get a free drink and it's often bad beer, <laughs> overpriced food, you know, and you walk away from those events and, and I've done it. You walk away from those events thinking, what did I really get any value out of that? Because then you sit around waiting for somebody to call you because you gave out your business cards, right? And you look at the business cards you have and you're like, I don't really need that or that or that or that. Like I have them, but like, I'm not, I'm not really going to call this person or email them. That's why networking events suck because there's, 
the, the, the extent of the conversation has been, oh, so what do you do? Oh, here's my business card. Like there's no real human connection. And, and, and that's why networking events oftentimes leave people with the feeling of, wow, that kind of sucked. Like I went, I got dressed up, maybe I put on a blazer, you know, and like I dressed a little nice professional as the case may be. And like, I'm not really seeing any real traction out of it for my business. That's the feeling I've had. And I can imagine a lot of people, certainly in your audience and just people in general, have had that experience of feeling, boy, was that really worth it? And it's because it's transactional. In that, in that dynamic, it's a transactional uh, um, feeling. Because everyone's handing out their business cards and it's like, well, yeah, I have your, but here's my business card. You know? Um, the most, I won't say everything that I've done in the last few years, but a huge percentage of everything that I've done from my work now at the Atlanta Tech Village, uh, work I did uh, over the last, I think it was over 2020 with Atlanta Tech Stars, um, other business oriented stuff here in the Atlanta community. I can trace all of it and all of that stuff. I can trace back to a single tweet. I mean, I could, I, I mean, I, that's not, it doesn't encapsulate everything I've done or, or do because we all have various side projects, but everything in that arena, I can trace back to a single tweet. And when I tell people 30 seconds can change your entire trajectory that's what I'm talking about. You don't know where something is going to go until you explore yeah, it. It's very important to explore. And to add on to your point, I was the person who actually followed up, you know, who did those things. And it's tough because only a few people really responded. And, you know, because they say the fortune is in the follow up. And I, I found that it's better to just talk to a few people and then focus on you know, the conversation with them, focus on going deeper with them because you go shallow with a lot of people. It just, you just end up with nothing. They end up with nothing. It's just hard to remember everybody, but focus on just connecting with a few people and adding value to them. Well, and I think that that's a really good on-ramp to discuss quantity versus quality, you know, and especially in our kind of, uh, social media type culture, there is a, um, a focus on how many followers, how many page views, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think you and I have talked about this before. So I've had the experience of going viral on LinkedIn. I mean, a number of times, but, but the biggest time was like 2020, mid 2020, right around when COVID was getting real serious. It was like May, June, you know, April, May, June uh, time. And I, went viral on LinkedIn doing something that people who, who are on LinkedIn all the time say don't do because the algorithm dings you, right? Don't share. Not, not because you want to be a jerk or anything, but just because the algorithm will suppress it for some reason, which I don't totally understand. And I was trying to put out content consistently and I just hit a dry spell. I just didn't have anything special to write. So I started sharing content. Oh, this is a great a great post from, from a you know, colleague of mine on 12 great marketing tips. I mean, just basic stuff. And at the top, I would credit the person and say, hey, I found value in tips two, four, and eight. Um, and just write a little post. Boom, 50,000 views. Boom, 80,000 views. 
boom, half a million views. It was insane. I did 1.6 or 7 million views. This episode is sponsored by the True Underdog Podcast with Jason Waller. Looking for a raw and real podcast with a CEO that has his company on a path to becoming a billion-dollar business? Well, look no further. Check out the True Underdog, hosted by Jason Waller, CEO of Power Home Solar. You will hear the uncut detail of the world's most influential people and their upbringings. His show has featured guests like Shark Tank star Kevin O'Leary, top podcaster Jordan Harbinger, former drug trafficker Rick Freeway Ross, NFL legend Barry Sanders, real estate mogul Grant Cardone, and many more to bring you inspiration. Raised in a trailer park with no clear path to success, kicked out of high school multiple times, and faced with becoming a father in his teens, Waller is a definition of a true underdog. As Waller will tell you, there's no elevator to success. That climb only happens one step at a time. You will learn how to turn excuses into results by doing. If you need even more reason to listen to the podcast, here they are. You will hear an incredible underdog story from some of your favorite celebrities. The No Degree Podcast is all about learning from underdogs. Excuses get the best of us, but by listening, you will learn how to turn excuses into results by doing. You will gain motivation to achieve your professional and personal goals. You will hear the raw and uncut details of the world's most influential people and their upbringings. And the number one reason to support Jason's podcast is that Jason does not have a degree. So are you ready for the fastest growing entrepreneurship and motivational podcast? Because Jason Waller is building a movement. Let every true underdog podcast be that step that elevates you. Subscribe to True Underdog Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform to level up your life. That's True Underdog Podcast, hosted by Jason Waller, to learn from the best underdog come-up stories. It's right here, right now. Bam. Over like 10 posts. It was insane. I, it got to the point where I was like, oh, 50,000 views. Man, that's a slow day. Right, I'll try again tomorrow. That's funny. Um, it just, and then it stopped. Then it was like 40,000 views, 40 views. <laughs> they just stopped. and and. And, but going viral is a great ego boost, but it doesn't change your bank account for most people. I mean, unless I guess for some people it does, for most people, it doesn't change your bank account. It's not like I woke up with 200 grand in my bank account. It shouldn't change your strategy. I still am out there talking about the things that I care about diversity, mental health. I mentioned, you know, things like that, access for, for all kinds of people. Um, didn't change my personal brand. And it didn't change how I approached my relationships. And so when the algorithm switched, because it does that, it didn't affect me. It affected my ego a little bit, but it didn't affect my business, my strategy. And then I went viral again in January of this year. It was like, okay, 40 views, bam, 50,000 views, bam, 100,000 views. And then it stopped again. So you have to, you don't put your eggs in the basket of, Okay, I'm gonna, I've, I've gone viral once. I'm gonna keep going viral and that's my strategy. Your strategy should be, I am gonna have one great conversation, at least one every week. And if you have one great conversation a week, you're doing real well. Well, here's one of the best pieces of advice I've ever learned. So they always say, go get an MBA. It's not what you learn, it's network. Now, but it's super freaking expensive. The cheaper way is, Take $50. Now, now it's probably more expensive, $80, whatever. Take someone out to dinner once a week that you want to learn from. Just say, hey, I really value your time. 
I'd like to have a conversation with you. I'd like to take out you out to dinner at a place. Um, I'm just really trying to grow as a person and as an individual. Do that once a week. Keep on doing it for a year. You'll have a way better network than any MBA person. There is so much wrapped up in that. I want to focus on three main points, if I can get them all straight in my head. The first main point is, you know, and, and, and you, you and I have, have talked about this before. I am certainly not anti-education, um, or traditional education. I am, and I know that that, that, that is not what this show is about. This show is about inclusivity, right? Reaching out to lots of people who have different backgrounds and different experiences and saying, you still belong. And I am all about that because when I came into tech, yeah, I, I did, I do have a BA, but my BA is in history, you know, minor in art history. Like, like I am not using the, 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 the BA in my day to day. It's not like I studied engineering. And in fact, when I came into tech, I didn't come in through it, um, into it through, um, academia. I came into it because I was outside the classroom. I was building networks in the music world. That's, that was my background. And, um, I think that it's really critical to, to underscore, you know, what you were saying, when you talk to somebody and you say, Hey, look, I'm trying to grow as a person. I'm trying to grow as, as an individual and a member of the community. That is transparency. That is humility. That is basically saying, look, I don't have all the answers. I'm trying to grow and I'm trying to do it in a way that creates positive value for the people around me. And I really like what you're doing. And can you explain how you came to that and how I can do better? You know? And that's very disarming. So that's, that's the first point. The second point is um, what I tell people when they hire me, whether it's an individual coaching session or a corporate team, if you want somebody to 50X your follower account, I'm not the person for you. There are a lot of talented people and that's what they do and that's great. I'm not about 50X in your follower account. I am the person that you come to when you say, listen, I want to get in front of this person, that person, this organization, that organization. I don't know how to do it. And my response is, okay, first we got to figure out why. And the answer has to be better than because they have money. Because there's a zillion investors out there. There's a zillion journalists out there. It's got to be better. It's got to be, I like the way they, they, they create a narrative in their journalism. Or I like what they're investing in. I think that we could have a, a, a really interesting dialogue. and. My strategy is I turn around to those potential clients and I say, look, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know for sure that I can get you in front of this person, this person, this person, this person. Or rather, I don't know who's going to be in your black book in, in 10 months. I do know for sure if you follow these strategies, you're going to turn around in eight or nine or 10 months ago. Oh my gosh, look who I have access to. In retrospect, look who I have access to. This is insane. And that's the second point that's really important is my little black book of contacts isn't, isn't necessarily the little black book of contacts that someone else needs, right? So, that, so selling, tra- tra- trading people as if they're commodities on the stock market is, is not what networking is about. It's my job to turn around and say, how do we sharpen your dialogue skills in a way that creates a positive brand? Because People in my network may not be useful for what you're building. I don't know anyone in sports management, but I know how to get in front of the people who are in sports management or some such field. And um, I mean, I, I, 
I, I told you I had three points. No, nah, look, I'm the same <laughs> I way. The, I, I forgot the third I, point. I'm the same way. And yeah, I mean, that's just the power of networking. It's, you know, you keep on doing it. You meet great people. That's how we met. That's how we met other people. And that's how we'll continue to meet other people. And it's just like, one thing I'll tell people is you got to keep doing it. It has to be a regular habit because most people, I'll see people, they'll network a few months, they'll go hard, stop. You know, and the fact is, it's like you, you have to keep going. That is the thing. One of the things that baffles me the most. People will network, you, they, and then they stop because they got the job, they got the promotion, they got the, whatever it is. They, then they stop. Why would you stop? You have momentum. Now, it's, it's one thing to say, I'm taking a break for mental health or, or, or for things that are totally, totally different. I'm talking about people who just like, hey, we're in a fundraising round. We need to network for the fundraising round. Okay, we've raised our round. Now we're going to stop. The job, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in startups, and frankly, if you're not, you need to always be networking. Always, always, always. I will talk to anybody. And not always in a business context. I'll talk to the person who, when I'm at, in line at Starbucks, who's making coffee. I'll talk to the person who's, you know, when I'm out at a restaurant, who's the waiter or waitress. And if you, what you, what you learn is that pe- because people are not one dimensional, that waiter or waitress, you know, I mean, to use like an LA example, they may be, yeah, that's their day job, but they may be a musician. They may be in film and entertainment. They may be, and I could have that conversation with that person say, oh, you're in film. Hey, my brother's a screenwriter. Maybe there's something there. I'm always thinking about connections and how to create value, not just for myself, but for other people. And if you, if you approach networking that way as, as if it's just something you do on a daily basis, so, that, so much so that you don't even notice you're doing it, A, it doesn't feel like work. And B, those, those connections gestate and germinate into really interesting opportunities when you're not looking. And then you see an email in your inbox and you go, oh, that's kind of cool. I wasn't, wasn't driving at that, but let's yeah, I'll take it. it. The, I saw uh, something on Twitter. It said adult friendships are hard. And I like disagree. <laughs> not in a nice way, because I understand. But I, I disagreed because most people don't put in an effort. Right. They get caught up in the day to day and I'll ask him, when's the last time you called your friend? When's the last time you tried to do something? When's the last time you supported them, sent them a text? And for the most part, it's like, oh, I did it. You know, I think, I think that is a really interesting topic because it's important for, for, for people to recognize that like when I say I'm networking all the time, I also have a life. You know, I, I go, I was telling you, I was just up, up in Boston with my sister to visit our brother and I wasn't working. We were just having family time, you know, and there are times where I take breaks for mental health and because I'm diverted doing other things. Um, people, I keep going back to this. People have lots of stuff going on and that has to be balanced with, you know, I love the holiday time, not because I'm super, super, super into the holidays, but because it is a wonderful excuse for me to send out emails and text messages and just say, Hey, listen, I, you know, it's that time of year. I'm, I just want you to know, I'm so grateful to have you in my network, you know, and, and I don't, I don't use like form, form stuff. I will write each individual email or text and I'll do it over the course of three months. 
and just randomly send messages and say, listen, I'm, I'm grateful to have you in my network. I would love to, to hear about what's going on in your world. Maybe let's catch up on a Zoom call after the new year. And I uh, hope you're doing well. And uh, reach out if you need something. So I've done two things amongst others, but two specific things. I've expressed gratitude, huge networking thing, expressing gratitude. And I've done it in a way where I've kind of nudged the conversation forward and said, let's, let's get on another call. But I haven't said, hey, I need you to be available these two weeks of the year. It's whenever, you, whenever schedules line up, let's get something on the calendar. Because people have a zillion things going on. They feel like, hey, yes, this person wants to continue the dialogue, but I can do it on my own schedule when I have an opening in my agenda. And that's, the, that's oftentimes um, a lot more powerful than people realize it is. Doing things like that creates what I call a sense of serendipitous ubiquity. You can't be everywhere at one time. But you can create the perception that you're everywhere at one time. And that is immensely powerful. You know, it's funny that you say that because people will be like, oh, when do you sleep? Because I'll be answering messages at like 2 to 4 a.m. And <laughs> they don't realize that. And I'll ask them, do you ever catch me answering a message at 10 a.m.? And maybe once a week I have to wake up early and then they'll catch me. But, you know, you're out there enough. People just think you do it all the time, right? Like, if you go to a gym three times a week consistently, people will just assume you're there all the time, right? You don't have to go seven days. <laughs> I've been to numerous events where I've heard the same thing from, from different people whom, whom I consider to be influential to me. Whether they're influencers to other people is irrelevant. They're certainly influential in my world. And they said like almost word for word, the same things like, oh yeah, right. We've been four minutes into a conversation, you know, Oh yeah, right, Adam, right, from Twitter with the orange sunglasses. Dude, you're like everywhere. You're like in every conversation. And I, I, you can knock me over with a feather because I don't go out there to be, ever, I can't be everywhere at one time. That's not realistic. But the perception of, oh, yeah, just around, just there all the time, that is incredibly powerful. Um, and it, you know, it plays into this, this concept that I have called the 300 club and it just seems because i've built networks in the music world i've built networks in the politics world i've built networks in tech and startups and business and you know academia like a film and, and it just like it doesn't it's agnostic these strategies work regardless of what industry you're in and what i've noticed especially like on tech twitter on linkedin there tend to be three to four hundred or so like core voices. These are the people who are showing up really consistently every day, every other day. And these are the people and everybody knows everybody. They don't always get along because people are people. It is what it is. But it, it seems that everybody knows everybody. And these are the people who are driving the conversation in that community, in any given community. And that's why I talk about caliber over quantity. Because you pick up one of those people as a follower, one of those people now knows you exist and is looking at your content, that's a big, big hit in a positive way. You pick up two, three, four, five of those people, suddenly you're in that echelon. You've now jumped into a new bracket because you're in the club. And anybody could do that. It's just about identifying those people, 
creating consistent conversation, showing up, following up, just being a, a general part of, of the fabric of the dialogue. And people remember. And two, three, four, five, six months of that, suddenly it's like, wow, look who I have access to. This is insane. There was something else that I saw on Twitter and I absolutely loved it. It was that someone who's a giver has to be able to identify someone who's a taker because there's also the other side of networking. There are some people who are just there to take, take. And the tweet went something like, you have to be able to identify people who are takers because you have a limited amount you can give, but takers can keep on taking and taking. So what are some tips on how to sort of avoid these people who don't respect boundaries and the importance of setting up boundaries while networking? Yeah, well, that's a really important question. It's it's a question that's important to think about. I don't like thinking about it because I like to have the mindset of that people are like me and that they want to give, but that isn't realistic. And we've all had experiences. You live and you learn. I've had the experience numerous times of people, you know, of doing things for people. You know, I, I've been in numerous press kits for different bands just because I've gone out and taken pictures and I just enjoyed doing what I was doing. I wasn't getting paid for it. Just enjoyed it. And then suddenly that particular artist gets a little taste of something that's, you know, bigger. And suddenly my email is no good anymore. Or suddenly, my, you know, whatever. And it's just like, yeah, you learn to, to put on an armor and say, okay, like it hurts a little bit. But I think it's important to have a mindset of there's still tons of people out there who aren't like that. There are tons of people out there who are also givers, who are also invested in seeing you succeed and helping you. And, and, and so asking for help is, is so critical. And it's, it's been very hard for me in the past. But in terms of strategies to identify those people, if somebody only shows up when they need something, that's a taker. Okay. And I don't like just labeling somebody with one thing and then pretending that person is just one dimensional. There are some people who are, who are not realizing that they're being a taker. Okay. They may be struggling, scraping by. They may have had a job and they got laid off. I mean, COVID made everything crazy for everyone. So I understand that, but it's, it's in the tone and saying, Hey, listen, I'm struggling. Is there, is there something you could help me with? I mean, I'm, I'm struggling here. Okay. And you make that assessment for yourself. Is this somebody who you've known for a while? Is it maybe somebody who's asked in a way where, yes, they need something, but they were gracious about it. People are one dimensional, but then there are also people who are, like you said, everything is about them on their Twitter feed or on their LinkedIn posts. Everything is about them and their service. And well, that person's probably a taker. They're probably not out there supporting other people, promoting other people. Um, and I just don't like to surround myself with those kinds of, of individuals. Uh, I don't like that kind of energy. And it's the energy portion that really makes this, like I'll, I'll tell people on LinkedIn, if you see someone always has five likes and you're one of the five likes consistently and you're always one of the comments. And if you try to hop on the phone with them, they don't hop on the phone. Honestly, there's a reason why they have five likes, right? That they only care yeah. about themselves. Oh, they don't 100%. care about, they can't think about the end user, right? They can only think about themselves. You know, when I came into tech, into startups and tech, I didn't know anybody. 
And I, and I use this to, to talk to startup founders who feel maybe daunted. You know, this entrepreneurship thing is hard. Like life is hard. This is like especially hard. Um, I didn't know anybody. To, to illustrate how nobody I knew, I didn't know where the computer science building was on my campus. I took Java for like 45 minutes and that was the end of that. And so when I came in, if a well-known investor on Twitter liked one of my tweets, that was it. That was the day. That was a success, man. Now, I don't ever worry about getting in front of investors, of journalists, of you know people who I want to get in front of. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to 100% write me a check, but I know that I've developed a, a, a relationship and a re, you know, reputation where I can get in front of these people. And what it comes down to in terms of the, the we were talking about taking versus, versus giving is um, people know that when I show up, like, what's my brand? Like, yeah, networking and sell, you know, networking and relationship building, that's, that's what I do professionally. But my brand is diversity, mental health, accessibility, equal representation. Like, that's my brand. Humor. You know, Boy Meets World gifts, that's my brand. And when you have a, that, that's the kind of consistency. When, I talk, when people talk about consistency, you don't have to be posting every single hour of every day, the same hour every day. I mean, it helps, but I think about brand consistency. I am out there every day. I want to see more people who are non-white. I want to see more people who are not men. I want to see more people who are not, you know, straight or, you know, I want to see more d- different people having access to opportunities. And if I'm a white guy, there it is. I can't do anything about that. But I can recognize that it allows me to have access to certain things that other people should have access to. So then you turn around and you open that door for other people. That's my brand. That's part and of And I think brand. that's one of the most powerful brands to have. Just opening doors for other people. People remember you. People will say like, hey, Adam opened a door for me. Janiyad opened a door for me. And it's powerful. And then when you uplift them, it goes pretty far. There's another quote that I'm not really a fan of. A lot of people always repeat on social media. Oh, always network with someone above you. You all, you know, look at your friend circle. You know, they, it always has to be above you. And one thing I really like when someone said a different version, they were like, hey, you have to have network of people who are under you in terms of whatever you are at your level and above you because you have to focus on uplifting them. You have to focus on uplifting those around you. And then, you know, there are other people who are going to do more of the uplifting for you. And I've seen it time and time again because that's the mindset of someone who may have good intentions, right? They're trying the right things, but it's still a taker mindset of, hey, I'm only going to network with you. Oh, you're a waiter. I can't network with you, right? Because you only view them as below you. And the fact is, it's like regardless of what someone is, what they do, they still have value. And I think when you start looking for the value in people, regardless of whether they're above you, below you, or at the same level, that's when you can take networking to the next level. There's a lot wrapped up in that all by itself. I mean, I, I, w- I was tweeting about this just, it had to be in the last month, that age is irrelevant. Let's use age as, as a metric. Age is totally irrelevant because the perception is, oh, they're older than me. They should be more successful. Or they're younger than me. Oh, I should, I'm intimidated because they're more successful than I am perceived as being more successful than I am. And they shouldn't be, and I should be further along. And 
And I'm like, look, there are people who are younger than me, 10 years younger than I am, who are doing wildly cool and successful things. And you know what? What do I lose by acknowledging the success of those people and saying, hey, I love what you're doing? What do I lose? If you can put your ego aside, not only do you not lose anything, you actually gain access to those people who might have opportunities to do work with you, interest in bringing you into their universe and vice versa, uh, opportunities to teach you things or, or learn from you. I mean, there's, there's just an expansive mindset. The, vice versa, the same, same is true. You know, when you're on the upwards trajectory and you're on, you feel like you're on the rocket and things are firing on all cylinders, I always, always, always remember this adage from the punk industry. It's not an industry, the punk world. If you forget us on the way up, we'll see you on the way down. And it's just about, look, I don't begrudge anybody for finding success. Recognize you didn't create that success all by yourself. You had great, like we said before, great customers, great employees, great partners, great mentors. Like You didn't do it all by yourself. And if you forget people as your ego is ballooning, believe me, those people know it. I, I told you, I've been that person in, in the music world and suddenly somebody got a, a little taste and suddenly my phone call, my phone number isn't any good anymore. And you know what? It's fleeting. It can be fleeting if you forget the people around you who, who really wanted to see you succeed to begin with. And if you don't, if you don't forget those people and you are humble about it and say, look, I couldn't have done this without our fans. We couldn't have done this without our customers. We couldn't have done this without our amazing team of employees. Then, you know what, when you, when you stumble, we all stumble, there's going to be a lot more people there to help you get back up and, and keep going. Yeah, I think that's the other power of networking is that you realize that no matter how bad life can get, you always have like a minimum, right? Like I never worry about being homeless. I never worry about being, you know, just anything like that. Um, And I mean like the definition of homeless where you don't actually have some place to stay, not the definition where you're crashing at someone's place. Um, I always know that I have like a someone that I can stay with. I, I, I know that during that rocky time that I'll have people around me. And that's the true value of like networking and just being a good person who just helps those around themselves. If we take a little, I think it's just so important to take this digression just for a minute because, you know, I talk about mental health so much because when I was in tech and startups, you know, a few years ago, there's been a lot of progress in talking about these things openly. And I think that especially in entrepreneurship and startups, there was this kind of notion of like, if you talk about certain things, it means oh, you, you're unfundable or you can't hack it or you're not a real entrepreneur. And it's like, look, man, that's ridiculous. Okay. I live with and, and consistently work on my depression, anxiety. Um, other people have PTSD. Other people have all kinds of other you know, OCD or, or ADHD or other kinds of mental health challenges that they're getting. Everyone's got something they're getting over. And I will never say that makes you unfundable. That makes you broken. That makes you whatever, because I, I fundamentally don't believe it. And the really funny thing is when I closed my startup, you know, 2017 was a hard year for me. I closed my startup. I went through a breakup. It just was a hard year. 
And I got out of Atlanta. I went to California just to crash with some friends. I was in Chicago for a week. And um, I was talking to a friend of mine in the startup world. And I said, I just, I just want to write about this. Like, it's just a bad time for me. And, and she said, look, you can talk about it to me. I'm afraid if you write something publicly, you'll become radioactive. And I don't want that. So I understand what she was saying. She didn't want to see me give up opportunities in the future. But I said, you know, that's kind of the problem. And so the funny thing was, I started writing on LinkedIn because like, there's nobody on LinkedIn actively. Nobody's going to read it anyway. And it was like, oh my God, me too. Every, comments were like ridiculous. Like, I thought it was just me. I thought I was the only one feeling this way. And it's like, no, when you're transparent and human, you realize a lot of people are running marathons. Everybody's running a marathon. It doesn't make you unfundable. It makes you human. And I think that's what it's about. Make sure when you network, you treat the people you meet as human. You know, you realize they have their own lives going on and you're there just to make it better. And I think we go with that mindset. That's how you become a good networker. Just focus on being a better human. And look, you may lose out on some opportunity right away, right? You may not make the most money in the short term, but long term, you'll be much happier. You'll get more opportunity and you'll always be in a position where you have opportunity. You have opportunity to give. You have people around you. And I think that's the most important part about networking. I think that's a really, that's a great point to end on because it's, it's the, I always wake up every, even on days that are frustrating days where deals have fallen through or, or it's just, it doesn't feel like it's working. I know that I can get up the next day, you know, and have a cup of coffee and rely on my core network and reach out to a core group of people and say, Hey, listen, I'm struggling a little bit. Can you help me with this? Can, can we do something? Can we work on a project together? And I know that those people will turn around and say, yeah, let's get something going. Let's hop on a call and let's see what we can do. And don't worry, I got you. That's what having a network is about. It's like having a, a whole team in your corner. And, and that, 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 that's a great place to end. Yeah, I think. You don't have to go things alone. So thank you so much for your time, Adam. This was very fun, a very different episode. I know the listeners got a lot of value. How would people support you? <laughs> so they can always they can always find me on on Twitter at AdamMarks13. Um, also on LinkedIn, for the record, for that. Probably on every other social platform, TikTok or whatever. Zero or or, or I, I do run uh, at zero to one networker. Um, some combination of that on Twitter and TikTok and and LinkedIn. Um, you know, one thing I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell your audience, and this is kind of a little bit on the down low, but I'm 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 chasing it, so we'll see where it goes. Um, I am writing a book on this kind of stuff, and the book is not for people who are 100% networked, who love networking, you know, because they they're doing okay. I'm writing something that is an an expansion of what we talked about here today: how to do this kind of stuff, how to do exactly what I've done, either building your network from scratch or going into a totally different industry, or maybe you just want to expand the industry that you're in, expand the network, you know, even if you're happy at your job, um, that's the kind of book that I'm, that I'm currently writing. Um, so if people are interested in that, they can drop me a line on Twitter, drop me a line on LinkedIn and, um, just look for the orange sunglasses. That's, that's where it's at. I didn't realize they were orange, but now they'll stick out to me. 
So follow Adam on Twitter. Send him a message on LinkedIn. You know, connect with him. Always sharing great tips. A heart of gold. Thank you so much for your time, Adam. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree inc. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, no degree.com. Yeah, so you got no degree, no problem, no problem, any problem, we can solve them. We got this. LinkedIn Somnia keeps us evolving, growing in the knowing. Wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. If you didn't know, now you know. Let's sing that again, everybody. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn Somnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing. The wisdom is flowing. You didn't know, now you know where I'm going. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn Somnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing, the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah.